to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you please turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, picking up in verse 12. We're going to go ahead and finish this letter today. Colossians 4, verse 12. Title of our message here this morning, it's called People of God. When we were building out this building and trying to get permits and all from the city and we were, you know, doing our move, we had a lot of meetings we had to meet with the city of Huntington Beach. And one of the the first meetings that we had with Huntington Beach, they acknowledged that, you know, well, we'll let you take the first step, we'll let you start the process. And and then they said, but you're going to have to go to the state of California because you're on the water and so you have to meet with the Coastal Commission. And so they were explaining a little bit of the process that we're going to have to go through. And while they were doing that, you know, they were letting us know that we don't know if this is, you know, we're not saying this, we're going to allow you to do this because in the zoning, it said no religious assemblies in the, in the zoning. So the, the funny thing was, I think it was one of the city commissioners at the time, he said that, you know, we'll have to go to the state of California, the, the, the Coastal Commission. And then he said something to the effect, he says, he says I, I, I'd really like to see the state of California trying to fight God. (laughs) And it was awesome because we did go to, you know, the Coastal Commission. We ended up having the approval. Everyone that voted on it voted for the church. So it was a beautiful thing. But looking back at that, I think of how this city commissioner realized that the church is governed by God and that we're people of God. And even this man, and I don't believe he was a believer. I'm not sure, but I don't think he was even a believer. But he realized when you go against the church, you're going against God. This is God's church. And that's a good thing for people to realize. But also he realized that we were people of God. And my question to all of us today, do you realize if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called the people of God? You're a royal priesthood. Priesthood. You're, you're a chosen generation. We're, we're set apart from the world. We are different than the world. We're his people, amen? So in our text, we're going to read a few more people of God that were close to Paul the Apostle, his close companions, and we're going to finish up the letter. So with that being said, if you can please stand with me, I'm just going to read verses 12 to 18. We love standing when we read the word of God because we're, it's in honor of his word because it's so wonderful. So here, verse 12, Paul the Apostle writes, Epaphras, who is one of, one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. For I bear him witness that he is a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains, Grace be with you. Amen. Lord, we pray over these verses that we just read. Lord, we ask that you would show us what these verses mean personally to each one of us that are reading this, each one of us that are hearing the message. 
Those that are listening in at Facebook Live right now, we just pray for us to hear you, God, today. May this truly be a holy time. May we realize that this time is set apart to focus on you, to be taught in the word, to be built up in our faith, to, to learn of the things of you, God, to be equipped for the battles that we're in. Lord, we pray over this text that it truly would speak to all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can be seated. So we finish our letter. We, I don't know, I've enjoyed the, this wonderful letter to uh, Colossae. And we've been looking at the fact that Paul the Apostle was coming against the false teachers in chapter one and chapter two. He was giving great doctrine in these chapters. <laughs> chapter three and chapter four, we've been looking at instruction husbands and wives and workers and all. And so great instruction. I love uh, practical instruction. So we were looking at that. Last week, we did look at a few of the men that were close with Paul, the apostle, and, and we gleaned off of them, seeing that we're part of the family of God. And this week, we're looking at the rest of these men that were close to Paul, the apostle, and we're looking at that these were people of God. And hopefully, as we look at these men of God, that we can glean off of them. That we, there's things in their lives since they hung out with Paul. They were close with Paul, and Paul loved these men, and they were companions of Paul. They hung out with Paul in prison. So we're, we're gleaning off these men with a message again entitled, People of God. But the first one we look at here this morning is this Epaphras. So I want to look back. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete the wording there is mature in, the, in all the will of God. And then Paul says about this Epaphras, he says, I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you. Not only for you in Colossae, but he's praying for those that are in Laodicea and those that are in Hierapolis. And so you see this man of God, this Epaphras, this, this man, he's a prayer warrior. He cares about the saints. He, he cares about the saints, that they grow in the things of God, that they, they're in the will of God. And I pray that for us here as, in a, as a church. I pray that we, we realize the, the will of God in our lives and we mature in it. And that's what he's praying here, that they would be perfected, mature in all the will of God. And I pray that for all of us, that we would mature in the things of God, that we would grow in the things of God. And in order to grow in the things of God, you need to be in fellowship. You need to be in the word. And, and you're going to be rubbed the wrong way. You're going to mis, be un, misunderstood. And, and you're going to misunderstand other people. And there's going to be all this, you know, chiseling away that takes place in all of our lives. And what can happen with us is when we get chiseled out, which doesn't feel too good, you're like, and you're like, oh, man, this is tough. But we could just look to God and say, God, how do I grow from this? How do I, how do I become more mature? Is this your will? If this is your will, help me to get through this and help me to grow in this and help me to, to grow in the knowledge of what you want through this trial or through this thing that's going on in my life. And that's what Epaphras is praying for, that these guys wouldn't get out, just kind of pack it up and just say, oh, that's enough. Let's go over this place. Let's go over there. Because what's going to happen? You're going to get chiseled over there. And you're going to say, well, let's get chiseled over here. Let's, we don't like the chiseling. Maybe they don't have hammers and chisels over there. Well, there are people there you're going to get chiseled and hammered at. But Epaphras cared about God's will for other believers. He cared about others' spiritual well-being. He prayed for them, and he, and he interceded, and he, he had a zeal for them, as Paul the Apostle said. And he, he really cared 
about their spiritual well-being. And so he's a good example for us, a wonderful example for us. Before I get too far, Epaphras, his name means, if you're a note taker, his name is a funny name. His name means charming. Isn't that funny? I mean, think if that was your name. What is your name? You're just charming. <laughs> that was his name. That's what his name meant, charming, which means likable, delightful, pleasant, and he was. It's believed that he met with Paul the Apostle in Ephesus when Paul the Apostle was there uh, ministering in Ephesus. It's believed that he accepted Christ through Paul the Apostle's ministry, and so he became a believer. He's a man from Colossae, as it says, who's one of you, meaning he's from Colossae. So it's believed after he received the Lord, he went back to Colossae, and he shared with his family. He shared with his friends. He shared with co-workers. He shared with those that were in the marketplace, and then people... Uh, came to know Christ, and then a church was birthed. So he was the founder of this church in Colossae, as we looked at in chapter 1. So you see, not only did he care about the spiritual welfare of the believers, but he also had, I call it, you know, backyard ministry. That's, he was called to backyard ministry. Those that were right in his backyard. And we can glean off of this man. And I, I believe that it's important that we realize that we have ministry right in our backyard. Do, you, do we realize that? Some are called missionary, they're called to, you know, they're called out to another country, you know. Some are called to that, but most of us are called to, to minister right where we're at in our backyard. We're not all called to, you know, you talk about min, uh, uh, missionaries. We're not all called to be missionaries across the sea. We just need to see the cross, right? But we're all called to some kind of a missionary work. Epaphras here is an example for us to realize that he was the backyard missionary. He realized this is my field and but others are called out. My wife was called out from Scotland. She lived in Scotland for many years and God called her out to come here to minister in Southern California. I was called out from the country of Michigan. <laughs> okay, it's not a country, but it seems like it. It's so far away. My sister, she was living in Michigan. She was born in Michigan. She moved out to Southern California. She went to Calvary Costa Mesa. Her and her husband, both of them accepted the Lord. Then they went back to Michigan, and then they shared with family members. They shared with friends, and I was one of them that they shared with, and here I am today. I'm a product of... Yeah, praise God. I'm a product of backyard missions. I think about in Mark chapter 5, remember the man that was demon-possessed? And Jesus spoke with the man, and he said, what is your name? And, and he says, Legion, because we are many. He was filled with demons. And Jesus ministered to him, and Jesus set him free from these demonic demons that were torturing him. He was cutting himself. He was hiding in the tombs. And he was, you know, they put shackles on him. He was breaking the shackles. They put chains on him. He broke the chains. He had supernatural strength from the demons. And Jesus cast the demons, remember, into the swine. There was like 2,000 swine. It was the first, it's our first recorded uh, recollection of first, you know, in the Bible, recording, you know, swine suicide, right? So we got it, so... But the swine, if you remember, they went down the hill and they, they went into the lake there and they ended up all dying. And, but what gets me is this man that was demon-possessed had said that he was clothed in his right mind after that. And he was, God delivered him. And when he, when Jesus went to leave, Jesus went to get into the boat, and I put it up on the screen, 
The man that was demon-possessed, what did he do? He begged him that he might be with him, with Jesus. So get the picture. He's in his right mind. He's no longer tormented. He's no longer having to cut himself. He's no longer this demonic person. He's a, a man in his own right mind now. And Jesus is getting ready to leave. And he begs Jesus, can I go with you? Let me jump in the boat. Let me go with you. But what does Jesus say? However, Jesus did not permit him. But he said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Backyard missions. This man says, I, I want to go with you. I want to travel with you. I want to you know, hang out with you. And, and Jesus says, no, I want you to go home. I want you to tell people there, you are going to be such a powerful testimony in your community because everyone knows you were crazy. Can you imagine the people seeing this man? They're like, were you the guy with the shackles? Yeah, that was me, but Jesus. Jesus had compassion on me. Jesus changed me. Jesus entered into my life, and now I'm a changed man. And the people were like, wow, there is a God. And that happens with all of us. We're changed. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and we're changed. And, and we're to go to our family members and say, it's Jesus. I remember I did that with my dad, and he was just like, what are you talking about? I don't want to. I said, Dad, I'm a Jesus freak. He says, don't say that. I says, I can't hide it. I'm a Jesus freak. I love Jesus. Backyard's missions, caring about people's welfare, spiritual welfare. And I pray that as a church, I, I pray that we truly do care about people's spiritual welfare. Amen? Amen. And I, I pray that we would ask the Lord, give me a heart for, for people that don't know you and give me a heart for people that do know you that they would grow and mature in the things of you. That's what Epaphras is an example of for us here this morning. And I pray that for all of us, that we would truly care about people's spiritual welfare, that we would realize that we have a mission field right here in our backyard. Do we realize that? This whole thing with this, this saturate ministry, with you know, going door to door. I mean, isn't that a fabulous thing? As Pastor Dave pointed out, you know, we have in our packet, they get a G Jesus DVD. Every house in Seal Beach is going to get a Jesus C DVD. They're going to get a gospel track to to know how to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior with a prayer on there. They're gonna get an invitation to one of the greatest churches in all America. <laughs> or I mean to, <laughs> to, to Calvary Chapel of the Harbor, their local church. That was a little joke, obviously. Um, and they're gonna get an invitation to the labor of love. If you don't wanna talk with people, that's all you need to do. You just put it on the door. Don't have to knock on the door. You don't have to, you can put it just like this. Just real, put it on the door. Go to the next house. If you're more outgoing and you want to talk with people, that's up to you. Talk with people and people come out, you know, or have someone on your team that loves to talk with people. But this is all, this is it. Backyard missions is right here in our backyard. Uh, can you take a guess? We're the, we have, we're going to put out 6,000, it's 6,000 homes in Seal Beach. We're not going to do Leisure World because it's a gated community. But out of the 6,000, take a guess. How many do we, we're just guessing. How many are Christians out of the 6,000? We don't know. What if half? That's 3,000 people that don't know the Lord. And it's this simple. We just put it on their door. They take it in the privacy of their own home, and they're like, what in the world? Someone just, hey, Marge, look at this. Like, what is this? 
Labor of love, I heard of that. Maybe they'll go and hear the gospel and accept Christ. Jesus, film. Wow, maybe we'll watch that tonight. I don't know. And then on the gospel track, it says, would you like to know Jesus personally? Or excuse me, would you like to know God personally? And they might look at that. They might read that. Here at Calvary Chapel, the harbor, I think you get it by now. We feel the leading of the Lord in a strong way to be backyard missionaries. We believe, I believe, let me put it on me. I believe Jesus Christ can come at any time. And our heart is to give everyone in our area an opportunity to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So saturate is a wonderful way to do it. Labor of love is another wonderful way for us to to go out in our community. Do you know we prayed for nine years to do a concert here at the church? We prayed for nine years. Lord, can you open a door for us to do some kind of concert, maybe on the green belt out here, a little stage. We'll just have our worship team go out there. We'll go out there, play a couple songs, love on the people. Just we want to reach out into our community. They're not coming in these doors, a lot of them. We're getting some one by one, but we want to go into our community. We want people to know about the love of Jesus. And can you open the door? Nine years, closed door. Nine years, year after year, year one, year two, year three, year. We knocked on doors, Koosh knocked on doors, tried to make phone calls. Nobody called us back until finally God kicked open a door, a huge door. In September 1st, we're going to go out there into our community and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to whoever shows up. What an opportunity this is. And, you know, music is a wonderful way to reach people. It speaks all languages. And something happens when, when music goes out. You know, when I was growing up and I was listening to music, I liked the music, but the words, I wasn't even paying attention to the words. And these words were going in my mind and, and I was singing, you know, I, I remember driving down the highway with my convertible, you know, driving, screaming out to the top of my lungs, running with the devil, running with the devil. <laughs> and I look back at that, I was like, I was singing that. <laughs> Why? Because I liked the music. I didn't even realize I'm singing about running with the devil. You know, I'm like, I'm like, really? And really, I, I, sometimes I scratch my head and say, did I really sing those words? And you see, the enemy, I believe, knows that there's some kind of power in music. Music somehow opens up your mind to allow the words to come in. And as long as you like the sound of the music, the words go in. You're like, wow, this is good. This is it. Wow, yeah, this is okay. Running with the devil, I don't Yeah, let's just sing it. And it's, it's but, but same with, the, with beautiful, wonderful music. And we sing about Jesus Christ. And the word of God is planted in people's hearts. And there's a powerful thing that takes place. And people accept Christ because now they love, you know, they're being ministered to. They don't know what's going on. And, and then the gospel goes in. Next thing they know, they're up front. They're crying. They're weeping. They're saying, Christ, forgive me of all my sins. And they give their life to the Lord. And then at the end, we go down and we have a baptism. It's a wonderful, powerful thing. I think of the first king, King Saul. He was tormented. God sent him a distressing spirit. And what happened? What, what drove out that spirit? Do you remember? Music. They called young David, and young David played the harp. And as young David was playing the harp, all of a sudden, the the demonic spirit, the distressing spirit, just went away. Music is powerful. It's a powerful tool. We are big on backyard missions here at this church. Greg Laurie does a wonderful job, a fabulous job. Did you read about in the paper how his billboard was taken down at uh, Fashion Island? Yeah, he had, a, he had a big billboard at Fashion Island. Well, it was offensive to people because he was holding the Bible in his hand. Look at that. 
So they made him take it down. They took it down. And the funny thing is, uh, Greg Laurie even says, it's, it doesn't even say Bible on the Bible. He's just holding a black book like this. And everyone knows what it is. It's a Bible. And we're, we're offended by that. He's holding up a Bible. And they made him take it down there at Fashion Island. But listen to this. That's what the enemy meant for evil. But because of that, he's on national television. He's telling his story. <laughs> It was so funny. Listen, when that happened, when I, I heard the news, it was taken down. I was like, oh, man, I wish ours comes down. And then you think, why? I'm thinking, because he's, I, honestly, before he even got national coverage, I go, he's going to get national coverage. It's gonna be, he's going to be on the news. He's going to be, and sure enough, Fox and Friends did an interview with him and everything, asked him about it, and he got to tell his story. Backyard's missions, as we see, let's look back in our text. Verse 14, this man, Luke, the beloved physician, So Luke was hanging out with Paul the Apostle there in prison. Luke was a personal friend of Paul the Apostle. He was also his personal physician. He penned or he wrote the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke. So he greets, he's he's there hanging out with Paul. So another person of God, Demas greets you. Oh, before we go too far, I'm sorry. I I don't want to skip this. Luke. Luke, if you're a note taker, not saying you're Luke, I'm saying Luke, <laughs> sorry, my mind. If you're a note taker, means light giver, light giver or luminous. I want to point this out about Luke because I, I believe it's important for us to realize what kind of man this was. When everybody left Paul the Apostle at the end of his life, we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 4, only Luke was with me. And he's writing to Timothy, he says, Timothy, get Mark, bring Mark, he's useful to me. And he says, come on, Timothy, if you can come and and be with me. But he says, because everybody left me. Only Luke is with me. And as we look at the people of God, we see this person, professional person that was a physician, a good friend of Paul the Apostle, a personal friend, but we just see his loyalty. There's something to be said about loyalty and friendship. You hear people say, you know, that he's a fair-weather friend. In other words, only when things are good does this person stick with me. I pray that as people of God, that we're, you know, the people that God has put in our circle, that we're, we're there for them when God has us to be there for them. I was so blessed yesterday. The women's ministry had a bunch of ladies here. It was such a beautiful thing. They had a wonderful guest speaker. I can't remember her name. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> and just to watch the ladies gather together as I walked by, I saw the men over here and they had a good group of men at the men's ministry there in the fellowship hall. And I, I was just looking at all that and thinking, God, this is what church is about, learning about Jesus, but also having close-knit people around us and having smaller groups and getting to know each other and praying for each other and, and having those friendships. It's important in the body of Christ. And let me tell you, the enemy will do whatever he can to break that up because it's powerful. Luke was that kind of guy that says, Paul, I don't care if everybody leaves you. I'm I'm here by your side. I'm your friend. Proverbs 18, 24. It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. And that's so true. When I do memorial services and I see a lot of people showing up, a lot of friends showing up. I, I right away, I, I think of this verse and I think, well, he must be a friendly person because you need to first be friendly to have a lot of friends. And it's, it's a good thing. 
But there is a friend, it goes on to, uh, to say in Proverbs 18, 24, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I believe this is a reference of Jesus because Jesus Christ stays close, closer than any brother could stay close to us. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.